before I like developed my process for manifesting that I teach, I had the same experience. I would manifest things, but they weren't that fulfilling. And then there would also be like a grabby energy sometimes there too of like, what if this doesn't stay? And like, what if it goes away? Or what if I can't sustain this or maintain it? Versus this new way of manifesting where it's it's just like a knowing, like, yeah, I can maintain this because this is the new me and I feel that in my bones. Welcome back to the Magic of Transformation podcast. It's so great to have you here. I am your host, Stephanie Zeller. I have had a lot, a lot of people request that I have students and clients of mine on the show. This is not something that I've done a lot of. There has been one previous student slash client that I have interviewed, and I will link that episode in the show notes. But other than that, I have not had my students and clients on the show, and I think that is going to change because I've had so many requests for them. So this is the very first episode that that all changes. On the show today, we have Dr. Sarah Hubert, and she is right now taking my course, Your Life's Work, which is a nine-month-long live group program with live coaching and a whole bunch of really yummy life-changing curriculum. Now, we don't just talk about the workshop in this episode. She shares a lot, and I'm really, really excited for you to hear this episode, because I think you are going to relate to her. I mean, she's very relatable. Her experience in life is very relatable. I related to her experience. And I think that you will too. I think this is one of those episodes that if you clicked on this today, there's really something here for you. So I would encourage you to stay till the end because you never know where that where that one line that she says is going to really hit you, really move you energetically, really resonate with you and just help you feel seen and and know what next steps to take forward. I think you're going to love this episode. Be sure to pass it along if you do. And if as you're listening, you're like, yeah, this is really resonating. I think your life's work might be a good fit for me. Then you want to reach out to me immediately because I am enrolling for the next round. We're going to start most likely early in January of 2024. So reach out to me now. You can do that by using my contact form at thetransformationschool.com. You can also direct message me on Instagram at Stephanie Zeller Speaks, and you can see these links in the show notes. As I've been doing this podcast over the last few years, I've ended up working with a lot of listeners. And I have to say, you guys tend to be my favorite people to to work with. So if you dig this show, you are very, very likely a perfect fit. And I hope to get to work with you and hear from you. Okay, I think you're going to love Sarah. As I said, if you clicked play today, I really think this episode is for you. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, so you're obviously in your life's work. Give us like a brief backstory about how you were feeling before you started the workshop and maybe what led you to it in the first place. I would say I, I mean, rock bottom is kind of a dramatic term, but I was really like at the end of my rope. Um, And I think like I was feeling kind of afraid that I had tried so many things and now had like years and years of nothing happening that I was losing confidence in my ability to make anything happen. And I was like seeing how people who can 
kind of get in ruts and never get out of them and then like live their whole life accepting the rut, (laughs) you know? And I was like, that is not going to be my situation, but I'm also, um, I don't have a lot to back up this notion that I can like change. I felt I was cementing in these like, I mean, not failures, right. But like, I was, I was like cementing in this pattern of doing and and trying and working and not getting anywhere. Yeah. So when you say nothing happening, what do you mean by that? Well, like, as I was looking back on literally decades of my life, I, I thought, how was, how do I still have the exact same problems that I had when I was 20? Right. Like it, it's not like in the moment I felt like, Oh, well that didn't work. Let's try something new. But it's, it's when you realize that you're still dealing with the same problem for a life. It's, it was, it, I was just getting really incredibly frustrated by it. Yeah. I feel like most people don't even realize though, that they're repeating their problems. Like how did you realize that that was happening? I, I don't know what, I don't know exactly why, but I, you know, I, I was very aware of say like, I mean, for me, kind of some of my major problems centered around money. So it's easy to go, well, five years ago, I really started, really started trying to like change my money story. But five years prior to that, I felt the exact same way as I feel today. And when I was in college, I felt the exact same way I feel today. And like, why do, why is it, you know, no matter what I'm trying, why do I still have the exact same feeling about money? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think that's an easy thing. It's not like, oh, I don't realize I'm being a jerk to my partner for my whole life. Or, you know, it it was centered around something that was pretty tangible and easy. But you said feeling around it. And I like that because I think that even though our external circumstances can slightly shift and change, if we can hone in on the way that we feel. Yeah. And then we can look at the pattern of how often have I felt this way? Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's an easier way to spot it. Yeah. I mean, my income had shifted. Obviously, when I was 20, I was making X number of dollars and I was making, you know, 100 times that. And still, like, why do I still have the same problem? Yeah. The income level didn't matter. So, yeah, it just felt like some huge fundamental <laughs> deep-seated issue that I was not recognizing. Yeah. And so you said that you had tried so many things and that is kind of what led you to feeling like you were in a rock bottom. Um, and I like that you said the rock bottom was relative because, yeah, I think sometimes we can be in a rock bottom but not be like on the floor crying or be kind of in this moment of psychosis or something and think like, oh, I'm not in a rock bottom because I still kind of have my shit together. Yeah. Whereas like, especially for you, because I feel like you, you function so well in high stress situations and you're very good at that, that I think it's very astute that you recognize like that that was a rock bottom for you because your rock bottoms do look different from a lot of other people's where they would be a mess. Right. Yeah, I didn't I wasn't like I didn't need medication and I had a home. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> still had all my relationships and you know, it wasn't uh I wasn't addicted to anything. It wasn't it wasn't like that. It was just that I was I was at a rock bottom for like hope kind of, you know. Mm. Yeah. 
And you mentioned that you had felt like you tried everything. And this is something that when you and I first spoke before you signed up for your life's work, you were telling me like, I just feel like I've tried absolutely everything. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, about the things that you felt like you had tried and how you could tell you kind of weren't getting the results that you wanted. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, at first I tried attacking the problem from like the business end. So I was taking different courses, learning um, different techniques, learning sales, learning, you know, uh, finances, but also just learning skills. And I thought like the more I know, the more money I'm going to make and then my problems will disappear. And um, so, you know, spending a ton of money on these things. And like I learned some really great skills that I still use today, but none of them, you know, magically moved the needle. I was like, I spent a ton of money and maybe I made the money back, but yeah, <laughs> I wasn't, you know, nothing changed in that regard. And then I tried coaching and um, spent even more money. And I mean, I, I it, and no offense at all to the coach, but I, I really, the only thing that I recall coming out of it was that like, maybe I'm in the wrong career, <laughs> which wasn't a, at all. It was like that, that was eye opening as well, because I also was very narrow, narrow focused on like, this is how I make money. And there's no other options for me. This is, you know, I've like devoted my education. I've devoted my, my career to this. So that having them say that was also that opened a door, even if I'm not walking through the door, you know, but for all the money and all the time, that's all I walked out of there with. So again, I haven't moved the needle in any regard. And then I was like meditating until and I still meditate, meditate, meditating is great, but I was meditating until I was like in a trance state for hours. Like during COVID, I could have sat in meditation for like three hours straight mm -hmm. and wonderful. But really I had gotten myself into a space where I was like, just spaced out and, and, and loving being there because the rest of the world sucked. Right. So that was fine. Um, I was doing breath work, exercising. I think you had a podcast where, um, you talked about, I can't remember the term you used, but basically like using these modalities. As band-aids? As band-aids, yeah. And um, and I was definitely using them all as band-aids. And they do make you feel good in the moment, right? Like breath work I still use and it, and it's totally helpful. But again, it wasn't like making any shifts, you know, for me. I mean, I even, I even spoke to like spiritual, not like psychics, but like spirit guides and people. I was like begging my higher self for guidance. I was literally begging them every day. Please, <laughs> please help me. Um, yeah. I mean, I went all in. I was like, I was like, bring me to an island retreat so I can like talk to somebody higher than myself, plant medicine, whatever. I was trying all of the things. Yeah. By the time I talked to you, I was like, man, if this doesn't work, <laughs> you are my last host. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Well, I wanted you to share that because it's very it's something that's very common amongst especially people that I work with of, well, I've tried all the things a lot of people have tried, like 10, 20 years of therapy. Um, yeah. And a lot of 
my clients have done, you know, like the breathwork and meditation, that's super common, um, getting really into just biohacking and, and doing that to try and remedy their their issues, their blocks, and, and just the way that they're feeling. And I fully understand that because that's exactly where I was at, you know, when I kind of had my own, well, it was pretty, pretty massive rock bottom, where I was just like, these things aren't working. Like, I'm, my life actually isn't changing. And I'm doing all the things all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. What was it that, I mean, we had that conversation where you were like, I've tried all the things. What was it that made you think this was different? Well, I, I had some faith basically in the fact that you, and, and I, I, I was following you back when you were a dentist, right? So that, I mean, I, I was following your Instagram. So I saw when you changed it into your new Instagram and like your new posts and stuff. And I remember just thinking, wow, she is ballsy because like one minute she's all like, you know, on Instagram with, with dentistry stuff. And then the next minute she's like dancing around in her space, talking about lifting her energy, you know? And I'm like, I mean, it blew my mind. Um, but then as I was listening to your podcast, I just thought like, you've actually done the work and you've gone through your own thing and you've developed tools that worked for you. So there's proof that what you're doing can work, right? The people I had worked with previously, I have no idea if they had any problems that they had to work out. Like that was never discussed. It, it felt very much like a, like a business type coaching session. And it always felt just like I was pushing and, and like, like trying to shove these answers down my own throat that mm. they, they didn't quite fit, you know? Um, like I was just trying to be other people. So I thought you, and you also just kept popping up. So I had like a trust that for some reason you keep coming up in front of me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and when I started listening to your podcast, I thought, well, she's really gotten herself through something already. So oh, there's at least proof that somebody can do it. <laughs> somebody can do it. Maybe I can too. Yeah. Yeah, I really resonate with that because I had so many coaches myself and therapist that it was like they were towing the party line or something. Like they, they, I don't know, took some curriculum or learned a certain amount of information and then they were like force feeding it to me. And I was like, this isn't working for me. Something is off. And it was always kind of, well, then you're doing something wrong. Like if it's not working. Yeah. And you just need to try harder. And that was like a painful lesson that I personally had to learn many, many times before I started listening to just myself, my own intuition, and also recognizing that not everyone is the same. And like, as you've seen, I don't coach everyone the exact same. Like what's what is right for one person could be totally wrong for another. So yeah. And that's why I use like the personality systems and stuff and human design in um, your life's work and in coaching. Yeah. Yeah, human design. So you are four months into the into it's basically like a 10 month program, but you're you're four months in. Yeah. And so I'm curious, since being in the workshop, what a few new perspective shifts or some things like some things that you've learned might be. I th I think 
the biggest perspective shift, which really has already felt like it's moved the needle is like being able to tap into my subconscious. Mm -hmm. So with, I mean, with trigger-free, obviously, and with the reprogramming of um, self-limiting beliefs or the meditation on alignment with your higher self. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just kind of come up with my own, but I'm always like just trying to allow the subconscious to answer any questions that I have. It's been huge. I, you know, it's not, it's not like I've gone through and uncovered like hidden memories or anything, but it's, it's all these memories that I'm already aware of that have come up from my past that give me this new information about what is going on today. And, um, you know, it's just, that's been mind blowing, I think. Um, so there's that, that's the, the subconscious is humongous, but, and then the shift in my feeling about manifesting that has also been really big because I used to, I mean, part of, you know, the past was like, I was, I, I would make vision boards and I had lists and I would try to do the, you know, your daily, like, what do you want today to look like, you know, and keep your vibrations high. And then you're going to attract all the things where, you know, we're going to come to you. And that also, I mean, I, I understand there's, there is some truth to your, your vibration and things, but I just was like, you cannot possibly be high vibe every minute of the day. And it starts to feel super phony, right? Like it just felt again, like I'm shoving stuff down my throat. So yeah, coming to the realization that there's like the easy manifesting and complex manifesting, it's been humongous. Yeah. I just want to pause again on the shoving stuff down my throat because I grew up being gaslit all the time. So there was a lot of gaslighting that went on in my home. And and for those that don't know, gaslighting is essentially a term where somebody is telling you that what you think or feel is not your reality. So like a really easy example is like, if I say, maybe I'm little and I say I'm cold, and they say, no, you're not cold, it's hot in here. Or if I start crying, and then I'm told, you're okay. You're okay. Little things like that, like it starts to add up where we start to gaslight ourselves because we have in our mind a way that we're supposed to be. And if we're not fitting that mold, then we start gaslighting ourselves and we start telling ourselves like, well, you should fit in this mold. You should be like X, Y, or Z. And this is, I think, also very common with just top performers or people that have a propensity to want to achieve and do well and have success they see what other top performers are doing and then they try to, again, fit that mold. And there's just this like constant fitting the mold, fitting the mold, fitting the mold. And especially when messaging is ubiquitous, like manifestation in general, somebody were to just Google how to manifest, the messaging is pretty ubiquitous. It's like, think high vibe thoughts, make a vision board, be positive as often as possible, control your thoughts. And people start doing that and it can feel like that always felt, it, it felt like shoving something down my throat. It felt very like, I always question things that feel so hard. If it feels so hard, like almost like it, I'm crawling out of my skin to do it so often, then it's like, why, why does this feel so hard? You know, and, and meditating to me sometimes can feel like that 
where it's like, I mean, I used to meditate upwards of four times a day to try and control my anxiety and feeling good. And sometimes I would feel so bad, but then I'd have to sit down and meditate. And again, it was like, yeah, I also describe it as like chasing my tail. It's like trying to chase after something and yet I don't really know what it is. And it's a very similar feeling to that kind of shoving things down my throat. And I guess one thing I just want to say to the listener is like, if you keep trying something over and over and over and over again, and it is not working, like maybe pause and ask yourself if that's the right thing for you. And just because, you know, it's not the right thing for you doesn't mean it's not right for other people in other circumstances at other points in time or something. Like we don't have to necessarily say that it's all wrong, but it's just like, maybe it's not right for you in the moment, you know? And this is another reason why I wanted to talk with you is because the world of manifesting and just um, it's so confusing and can be actually so detrimental to someone's mental health, I think. Yeah. I mean, there were days where I would be, you know, I live in New York, so I have the subway and commuting and I'd be like trying to visualize this like thing that I want, but I'm pretending I have it and and get into the emotions of that. And then you open your eyes and you're like, mm, <laughs> totally don't have that thing. So <laughs> back to this reality. It it was, it was just so frustrating, really. I mean, it was frustrating. And like, how do you stay high vibe when you're and like trying to live in a pretend world? And then, you know. Yeah. And again, that, that can almost be considered a subtle form of gaslighting yourself as well. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt very much that I was not tapping into what was wrong in my actual life and trying to fast forward into a different life that I did not yet have. Yeah. You know, and because you cannot jump over that gap, but that's not how it works. And thank you for showing us what complex manifestation is all about. <laughs> but I was clearly trying to fast forward into a, you know, a made up time in my life, but that it just wasn't working. And so then I was getting really sad, like, right, right. I'm still not there. <laughs> yeah. So in the workshop, I teach the difference between simple and complex manifestations and I mean, it's a whole it's a whole lecture in one of the modules, but essentially it's like complex manifestations are ones that we have to do some internal work in order to be prepared for and in order to actually call in. And so if we are trying to manifest something that our beliefs about reality don't actually align with, like if I don't actually believe it's a possibility for myself, then doing all the typical exercises of manifesting like visualization and making a vision board and using mantras and that kind of thing will not get me there. And that's where things can feel so depressing. And yeah, we can actually do the opposite. Like it can actually be a detriment because we don't understand. And ultimately that's spiritually bypassing. I mean, it's it's using manifestation and not actually doing the inner psychological work that we need to do to understand why we don't think it's possible, why we don't feel like we're worthy, why we're actually blocked from manifesting that. That was the word I was looking for earlier, bypassing. Mm. So like using the meditation or breath work and exercise, yes. et cetera, you're bypassing the yes. problem and you know, for a momentary band-aid. Yes, 100%. I want to talk for a minute about, you mentioned your connection to the subconscious. And I want to talk for a minute about just the importance of that, because it's interesting, like sometimes I'll um, 
this doesn't happen as often anymore, but it, in the beginning of my coaching, I would get on a call with somebody and they would start going into a story into like why things are the way they are and essentially just kind of using their conscious mind. And then I would essentially interrupt and say, let's let's drop in a little bit deeper and take them on some like a subconscious exploration of what's really going on. And obviously, I've done other podcast episodes on this on subconscious reprogramming and the use of different tools. But I have personally found that it's almost a waste of time for me at this juncture to do any work consciously, like talk therapy or talking to a friend of mine, or because I'm using all of my conscious brain and all my conscious brain is doing is just trying to like piecemeal together a bunch of different information versus dropping right into the subconscious and getting a direct answer about what is actually going on. And for those that haven't worked with me, I have guided explorations to do this that use several different techniques to help you gain access to your subconscious mind so that you can get a more comprehensive understanding of what's really going on and then shift it and change it. What has that been like for you to to explore that, to realize like and, and to just tap in in such a deeper way to your own life, like your own self internally it's almost like it has brought on this feeling of peace whereas before it felt like i was pushing and shoving trying to like make the answer appear and you know being able to just like ask questions and accept whatever comes forward and and then you know work on that afterwards um it's like um it's like having a breath of fresh air like oh Okay. That's not at all hard. Number one, like it's not scary, but it's also not hard. And it's, um, it just feels like the truth is coming out little bits at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, even though I'm only at the beginning, so it's, you know, what's been uncovered is just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. It's, there's like, I'm not, at all worried now i'm just like i'm gonna get to all of the things and you know my answers are gonna come it's awesome i'm telling all my friends about it (laughs) (laughs) it's funny but um yeah it just i i it just feels like i've tapped into what i was looking for really (sighs) wow yeah it was it's huge that makes me I mean, I'm that that makes me feel so good. Like, I'm so happy to hear that. Because that, you know, it's funny when, when I was going on my own journey, trying to figure everything out, especially before I made these subconscious tools to to access my own subconscious mind. I think the thing that was most frustrating for me was that I didn't feel like I had power. Like, I couldn't find the answers myself. So I was rushing around to everyone else, working with all these different practitioners. And some of them, like some coaches I worked with, for instance, like purposely kind of baked into the program, like, you can't do this without me, a kind of feeling, you know? And it was something that once I started coaching, I vehemently wanted to work against was like, okay, I want to teach people how to access their intuition and their subconscious. I want to give people all the tools so they can do all the work on their own. So that they feel a sense of self-empowerment. Yeah, totally. 
I mean, if I was only able to do this like once a week when I saw a therapist, I mean, it would be, that's, (laughs) it would be so much harder. And you know, what, what, what goes on the rest of the week? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually why I created them for myself was I was like, I don't want to go to therapy once a week. I want to do this every day. Yeah. It needs to be a system. It's um, yeah. I mean, it's so helpful and it gets easier and easier every time you do it. Or for me, it's easier and easier every time I do it. Any other perspective shifts that you've had? I just, I think on the reprogramming, I think on a kind of a global level, most people realize that they have some hidden operating beliefs that, you know, have created the person that they are today. And especially regarding money, like my previous coach and, you know, I've read and heard podcasts and it's like, you know, what is the money story that you're you grew up with, like, what were you told about money, blah, blah, blah. And then that's where the question ends. Yes. Like, what's your money story? Like, well, that I, and I, I can explain my money story, but I, I've gotten no answers from that. I mean, it doesn't change it. It, it literally helped me not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I've done hypnosis on the money story and I I essentially just feel like I was asleep the whole time. And then you wake up and you're like, okay, I I don't know if anything's changed. So being able to reprogram, um, we'll discover what the the subconscious belief is and then work on reprogramming them is also a huge relief. I mean, that's that and, and tapping into the subconscious. I mean, they're one in the same, but like the act of work on reprogramming also is um, a game changer. Yes. Yeah, it's isn't that so interesting because that's something I noticed in the like the self healing and well in just this the psychology space of like okay you need to know your stories you need to know where you came from you need to know what you were taught and told and shown but then it always did stop there and it was kind of like okay so I know what my blocks are but like that doesn't actually change them and I think there's a misnomer like if we can identify our blocks then that's all we need to do but it, they're they're wired in yeah like they're they're programs like just knowing there's a program there does literally nothing no to change the program and that was something else that I found myself so frustrated with was like okay I I know like a thousand programs like and now I actually feel just crazy (laughs) no yeah especially if they're also ancestral or like you know your grandparents and then the parents and then you're so I know that they're there and now I just I'm, I'm going to live the same fate. <laughs> right, right. How depressing. <laughs> or you try and use like your conscious mind to change them, you know, and you're like, so then you're like trying to force and it's, it's such a different energy. Like, you know, I talk about this in group coaching a lot of just energetic coherence and being an energetic coherence. And so it's like, if you know that your program is to, for instance, like be really reactive when someone yells at you, like you saw your parents be really reactive. And so then, so then you start, okay, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm going to try and just force a different program. And so somebody yells at you, and then you just like, hold it in, you don't say anything. And then the other person isn't reacting well, though, to your silence. And you're like, I don't understand. I didn't react. Like, I didn't say anything. Why aren't they reacting better? And it's because like, people can feel your energy. So just because you're on the outside doing something 
on the inside, they can feel what's actually going on. So on the inside, you're raging. And on the outside, like your face is like really flat and you're like, you know, trying to hold back, but you're out of energetic coherence. So reprogramming actually gives you this opportunity to change the underlying program that creates these emotions in us. So if you change the program to like, it's safe, I don't have to respond reactively, I can be in my peace, I can be in my joy. Then when someone responds, and then you actually feel peace and joy. And so then you don't have to consciously like strong arm your programs, which again, it's like if something is so hard, then it's probably not the best way. Exactly. And you're if you're acting like that's how I felt a lot was that I was like acting and trying to be this person who was winning, <laughs> who clearly yes. isn't. Um, and it's not, yeah, it's not authentic. I mean, it, it's out of coherence and it's not authentic. And at the end of the day, you're exhausted and then you're just ready to give up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've actually had these little, what, how do I want to say this? You've had some shifts in your money story. Like you've actually had some manifestations happening with money mm -hmm. and you felt there's an energetic difference here and I'm feeling like liberated in different ways. And then, and now it's actually like coming into form. Like the universe is actually, things are actually shifting. And so just how does that feel? Again, it feels uh, like it feels a lot more natural. Yeah. And I'm, I'm recognizing the shifts. And so when the things come in, like obviously they're coming in because things are working and I'm in a flow and it all feels much better. Mm. Whereas before, when I did ma manage to manifest something, it was also like I had to work so hard and struggle against my authentic being to get that thing that like, maybe I don't want that thing now. I mean, it's, I clearly cannot sustain living like that to get that thing. Yeah. So, you know, that's not going to work. Whereas now when things come in, I'm like, it's a, it's a celebration more. So it, it has that joyful feeling because I'm not killing myself to get to the thing. Wow. If that makes sense. <laughs> yes. I love the way that you phrased that because that honestly, when you really get in the flow of manifesting, especially the way that I lay it out in the workshop, you know, in, in this like very strategic way, when you really get in the flow of that, that's actually exactly how it feels. Every time you manifest something, it's it's a of course, because I already feel so great. Of course, it would make sense that this would come in versus before I like developed my process for manifesting that I teach, I had the same experience, I would manifest things but they weren't that fulfilling. And then there would also be like a grabby energy sometimes there too of like, what if this doesn't stay? And like, what if it goes away? Or what if I can't sustain this or maintain it? Versus this new way of manifesting where it's it's just like a knowing, like, yeah, I can maintain this because this is the new me and I feel that in my bones. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's how it feels. Has there been anything about this journey since you kind of started the workshop that's been like unexpected? I mean, there's been so many little like aha moments and awarenesses that have come up along the way because yeah, I'm, I'm super high functioning, <laughs> you know, I've, I'm, I've, uh, you know, my, my life or my childhood was not easy and um, 
people who know me are just like, how can you be so normal? Or how can you be so well-adjusted? So when I, when I've gone through this and like these little aha moments have come up for me and um, realizations, there's been a lot of letting go, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, not like I'm, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm like holding onto this persona of like, I've got it all together kind of person. <laughs> so I don't want to let that go. There's just been a lot of like, I don't have to hold on to this way of being and I don't have to be the rock for everybody. And I don't have to heal all the problems in the world. And there's just been a lot of like, a, you know, exhaling, so to speak, I, it, which has been nice. And I wasn't necessarily looking for that. That's like, wasn't my goal, but it's all part of the process. Wonderful. Awesome. Because you are, I mean, this is part of the reason why I wanted to interview you right now. Obviously, you're not through the program. You're like a little over a third of the way in. But you're in the middle of this shift out of kind of where you were and this kind of stuck in a rut feeling and rock bottom now into this new place of self-empowerment and accessing new forms of joy and feeling more boundaried and all the things. And I think sometimes when we're just coming out of something or we're still in close proximity to it, we can still really relate to people who are in that place. So I was wondering if you might, for anyone that's listening that is feeling that, that's kind of in that rock bottom place or stuck or not knowing what to do or feeling powerless or has tried all the things, like what are some things that you might say to them? Say, start listening to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's, it, you know, I think that every, everyone nowadays is living really, really busy lives. So it's easy to not recognize um, and kind of gloss over issues that are happening, right? And then I think it takes maybe for some people it took for me, it, it can take a lot to finally get you to open your eyes because you're so busy. And you know, there's a lot of baby steps maybe that need to be taken before you can jump into really changing yourself and getting to the bottom of things. But getting in touch with your subconscious is, uh, I I think, just such a big game changer. Like, I feel like everyone should do it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's it's even for, I I can't think of a problem that wouldn't be solved by, by tapping into your subconscious, honestly. So 100%. Yeah. It's funny because I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about them taking your life's work, signing up for the next round. And they said, I just don't know that I have time to do it. And I started laughing because I said, literally everyone that signs up says that. <laughs> yeah. How am I going to squeeze this into my life? Um, and I often say like, it's it's really the people that feel like they don't have time that are actually the ones that should do it. So I was wondering if you might speak to that because you just mentioned like we have really busy lives. And I think especially for high achievers and top performers, that is like our number one excuse for not doing things. It's like, well, I'm too busy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what would you, what would you say to that? I would say, well, I it's not, I didn't actually, I didn't rearrange my schedule or my life in any way to like do this, I might've said no to a couple of things that have popped up that I didn't really want to do anyway, because I was like, I'm devoting my time to this. But um, 
when each new module comes out, I am like so jazzed to do it. Like I'm excited legitimately to work on it every week that the time situation doesn't even exist. I mean, it's not even a problem. And I, and it's also, yeah, doing the work has also just opened up my whole sense of like how busy I'm supposed to be in my life. Like yes, a lot of my busyness was also just created by me to bypass actual stuff I needed to work on. So I have a lot more chill time now. And I'm also way more comfortable at like being chill where I was not comfortable being chill before. There was always a sense of like, I need to do something to change something. So I'm going to continue running around crazy until I find the answer. And now I don't have to do that. Right. And I would just encourage everyone listening to take that in because um, I mean, I talked about this in a recent episode, I think it was how to trust life and honor the season you're in, where when I left my last career of dentistry, I was so used to working like 60, 70 hour weeks that I felt completely insane not working. And I've been so programmed to think that my value came from working. And so there can be a this kind of like rebound contraction of like, well, I can't take my focus off of work because that's who I am and that's where I get my value from. And what you're saying, which I want everyone to hear is like, maybe there's more to the story than that. Maybe, first of all, there's just this program that you could actually change. Like maybe you don't actually need to be working that much, number one. And number two, a lot of times we will unconsciously create things to do in order to avoid pain and suffering in our life in order to avoid feeling that like low level kind of nagging sense of something is off right now, or I'm not happy with this, or I don't really want to look at this, or I don't really want to feel that anxiety, or I don't want to feel that dis-ease that I feel. So instead, I'm going to create something to do. And of course, none of that is conscious. And if somebody had come to me six or seven years ago and told me like, you're doing this, like you're creating, by the way, like you're creating your own schedule, like you think you're a slave to it, but you're creating it. And you're doing that because you're avoiding this nagging sense of like something is off in your life. And by the way, there's such an easier way. Like if you just look at that thing with with the right tools and support, it doesn't have to be so hard and it's not going to be that scary. I mean, first of all, I don't think I would have believed them. I would have been like, no, you don't understand. My schedule is not under my control. So yeah, I think I think a lot of it is like just getting to the end of yourself and having to come in at the right timing and like understanding that you have power, like you have power to change things. Yep, exactly. Okay. Before we close here, is there anything else you want to say to people? No, they should seriously consider signing up for your life's work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just brought so much, um, so much more ease to my life. And I'm literally only at the beginning of it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been so fun having you. I love uh, I love your energy around it. And you're so interested in the content itself. And so it's great. Yeah, I'm very nerdy. You should see my binder. <laughs> Which like most most of my clients are. Yeah. You know? They're actually like actually curious about it. Just fantastic. Great. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Magic of Transformation podcast. If you liked this episode and you think a friend could benefit, be sure to pass it along to them and leave me a five-star review wherever you are listening. And if you feel at all called or curious to take my program, Your Life's Work, be sure to reach out to me as soon as possible as I am currently enrolling for the next group. You can go to thetransformationschool.com and fill out my contact form. You can also direct message me on Instagram at Stephanie Zeller Speaks. Both of these ways are in the show notes below. Can't wait to hear from you. Until next time.